I think what we need to understand is like, you are the only one who will be gifted with the vision in the beginning. And it's up to you to stay faithful enough to it long enough for it to deliver the rest of the pieces. A boss babe is unapologetically ambitious and paves the way for herself and other women to rise, keep going, and fighting on. She is on a mission to be her best self in all areas. It's just believing in yourself. Confidently stepping outside her comfort zone to create her own vision of success. Welcome to the Boss Babe Podcast, the place where we share with you the real behind the scenes of building successful businesses, achieving peak performance, and learning how to actually balance it all. I'm Danielle Canty, president of Boss Babe, and your host for this week's episode. Now, I mean, I've said this a lot, but I really always genuinely am. I love speaking to female founders, but this conversation today is actually kind of rare because quite often we have business people on here who share their hard times with us. They're always vulnerable. They share the hard times, but they share them after they've normally come out the other side. And this one's a little bit different because Lori, my amazing friend, Lori Harder, she has not started one, not two, not three, but she has just started her fourth business. Now, not only is she an incredible female entrepreneur and she's had a lot of success in the past, but she's actually coming on today to share where she's at now. Her fourth business, a product-based business called Light Pink, which I'm actually an investor in as well. I'm so excited, but she really talks about all the struggles that she's had and is having along the way she hasn't got the story where everything comes good in the end like she's still in it and I actually think it's really refreshing so for anyone who has a business who is in it right now who is finding it hard who feels like you know what I deserve a little break over here and just the things keep coming no you are not alone it's completely normal we're all in it together and we're just really opening up about having these difficulties in these challenges but I know you're going to take so many things from this podcast including how to take action when you've maybe been struggling with that a little bit recently we all get stuck in those procrastination loops and Laurie gives some amazing tips because it does take someone with a lot of resistance and a lot of get up and go to start for businesses so take some notes and if you love it please share it with myself at Danielle Canty and share your takeaways with Inc. so let's dive in So, Laurie, a lot of people want to start businesses. They're like, right, I don't want to be in my career anymore, or I want to go and start this business. I've had this idea for so Mm -hmm. long. But actually, the percentage of people who go on and create that action is very small. People get stuck in the procrastination loops. They kind of, you know, I'll I'll do this when, but not you, because you've not started one business, but I think you're on like your fourth now, maybe Mm -hmm. more. Mm -hmm. So I'm really curious, what do you believe sets you apart from others where you actually create action? I think I have a really unique relationship with pain. (laughs) I definitely have been in a place where I know what it feels like to lose everything or to believe that you cannot do anything, like to feel like you are not capable of really doing anything. I didn't graduate from high school. My whole life, I told myself I wasn't, you know, worthy. I wasn't smart enough. So for me, I've really experienced that place where I convinced myself that I would never amount to anything. And that's probably the most painful place we can be is when we feel like we are not worthy of, of, you know, our dreams, which also makes us feel not worthy of relationships and love. So for me, I've actually really learned how to tap into allowing myself 
to go into the future and see what would happen if I didn't take action and sit in that pain. And I think even Tony Robbins does something like that at his uh, UPW events. And it makes me create action just out of the sheer, like, being able to, you know, zoom forward from five years from now, if I don't take action, what is my life going to look like? Like, who am I going to be around? What are my friends going to be? What is my body going to feel like? What is my environment going to look like? And I actually allow myself to spend time there. And that might sound crazy to some people, but it's really, really powerful to go, wow, that's real. Like, I'm actually in a good spot right now. I know that I can, you know, at least take the next step. And to me, what ends up happening is that that amount of pain compared to maybe the next few steps that seemed scary at first now seem a lot less scary compared to what the impending future is if you don't take action. I actually, this is the first time I've heard someone speak about that because I relate to that a lot. The thought of not doing something is actually often more painful for me than the thought of doing the thing, you know? Totally. Uh, It's like, I I remember when I was in a position deciding whether I'd leave chiropractic and the businesses to go into the online world. And the thought of not creating change Mm -hmm. was so painful for me. I was like, I have to do this. Of course, I'm absolutely terrified. Like I'm really nervous about Mm -hmm. stepping into this place that I've never been in before. I don't know about online businesses. It's completely out of my comfort zone. But staying where I am is suffocating. Staying where I am is painful. Staying where I am is just no longer serving me. And I feel like that's what creates help mm-hmm. me create action. So I'm really glad that you shared that because it sounds like it's very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I even do it with workouts every single day. It's like, you know, when you don't want to do the workout and you're like, I don't want to do it. And I'm like, how am I going to feel tonight? Like, do I want to enjoy my evening and feel accomplished and you feel good in my body and not have aches and pains? And I'm like, okay, just go and do this. Like, it's literally 45 minutes of your life or 30 minutes of your life. Like, go spend this 30 minutes of maybe challenge or pain or, you know, you just don't resistance to go and have like 10 of the next best hours of the day. Like it really does change everything. So I always try to remember that. Like it's almost, it's almost putting that time in. And I I view that with work as well. Like just put that time in and it doesn't take as long as you think to do the hard thing that's going to make everything else seem easier for the day. So I want to take you back to one of your first businesses and you can pick this one because I know Mm. you've had a few, but I want to just say like, what is the business that you struggled the most with to start? As in like, not as in like, but to to make the move on it. Because I feel like so many people look on and be like oh it's okay for them like Mm. oh if I could if I was like them I could do this or if I was in this situation I could do that and I just wanted to take you back to that one that was like this was really hard to start oh my goodness well the first ones are interesting because while they were at the time the hardest they came out of also a place of like desperation like I had to it came out of a rock bottom so there's actually a lot of inspiration in rock bottom so I would I would say that the hardest one for me to start where I had the most like fear and imposter syndrome is this one, is light pink, the one that I'm in right now. Because that one to me felt most different, most out of my wheelhouse. It made me really question like what was possible. It felt like the biggest leap I had taken yet. It was going to require me to be a completely different person to start it. So let's share a bit of that journey mm-hmm. because you've been on the podcast before and you've shared, you know, way back when, a couple of years ago, I think oh it was, God. and that was with Natalie. And 
you shared a bit of your story around, like, you know, with your gym, starting mm-hmm. your network marketing businesses, then with becoming an author, mm-hmm. then having your events, the Bliss of the Bliss Project, mm-hmm. right? And you've kind of come full circle. And now with this fourth business, I'm going to say, but it could be five or six, <laughs> you've started like pink. But I want to hear first why. Mm. Why like pink? Why that business? Mm. Okay. So I had done, and you had mentioned it before, uh, a lot of my businesses all had a tie, like a a tie through them, which was connecting women and also through connecting women that would help them go for their dreams. Because I believe that when you have a supportive network and you create that supportive tribe of people, that that's how you're actually going to reach your dreams. You know, I've been a solopreneur before. You can get somewhere, but you really can't get too far. Like you create a ceiling when you're trying to do it alone. So with Light Pink, after kind of going through, you know, I started in the fitness business, did the next thing was network marketing. And that was really empowering women around their money. And then the next thing was personal development. And then the next thing was writing a book. And the book was all about connection as well and talking about how I saw this through line in my life of success always came from not the what, but the who. So a lot of times we are always looking for the what, like what's the next step? What do I need to do? And it's always a who, who do I need to meet? Who do I need to surround myself? You know, who do I need to be in rooms with? So for me with, you know, that, that became a theme of wow, when we find the who, when we, you know, connect women, when we help people connect, when we help women connect, when we arm them with better questions, that's when they get better, better answers, better answers equal more opportunities. And then all of a sudden we're having a different conversation with way more opportunities for women. So with that said, because I wanted to create this, you know, I had this like connection background all throughout my history and wanting to do that and showing women, I was like, you know, when I wrote my book, I had, you know, we have these giant goals, right? We, I'm a brand new author and I set out and I, I set these huge goals, which I highly recommend doing. But at the same time, a brand new author setting a, I want to be a New York Times bestseller. And like, I want to sell a million copies. Those were my goals. And while I did not reach those goals, what ended up happening is the book did great, but it didn't hit like the masses in the mainstream women like I wanted. Mm-hmm. So I was asking women to read an entire book, go try to find a way to connect, like teach them step-by-step how to connect. And I'm like, okay, that's a big ask, right? I'm asking people who may not be readers right now to go read a book, follow it step-by-step, create this tribe, read the book together. So I was like, okay, what is, and there's so many reasons why this came. It's like, have you ever had those intersection moments in your life where you can see why everything that you have done before is literally meeting at this intersection and coming together to this one thing? And that's what Light Pink was for me is I saw this moment of, I wanted to be able to connect women who were more, not only, you know, business women and women who are out there having big dreams, but also the mainstream women who have big dreams, but don't know where to go. And I thought, how are those women connecting right now? Like, what is the way that they're connecting? And I was like, I think they're like trying to network and they're going and having cocktails. Like they're, they're probably going having wine nights. Like I've gone and done and tried to connect and do business things. Except when I've left so many of those, you know, I moved to LA and went to all these different networking things. And when I would be driving home, I'm like, Oh God, I drank again tonight. Cause there's always, you know, Mm -hmm. wine at the, the mixers. And I'm like, I didn't really want to drink or drink much uh, during the week. 
because you have goals that you wake up for. And then I'm like, and I didn't really leave with the conversations that I wanted. Like we kind of talked about surface level things or Netflix or I don't know, just not the deep stuff right away. And so I thought, what if I created a drink that was lighter, that actually really tasted good? Because I don't know about you, but I've I've been in, you know, these situations where I'm having like soda water and vodka with a lime. And I'm like, does do we really like this? Like, does, do we, is this really what we want to be drinking? Like, is this our choice? You know what I mean? I'm like, Completely. Do you think this tastes good? Because I would prefer something different. So in that moment, I was like, what if we put three really like probing questions that could take you deeper into the conversation, like immediately on the back of this cocktail that's lighter or a non-alcoholic version of it so that it can be inclusive for everybody. And, you know, got straight to the point you blamed the can. Like, okay, these awkward questions that are on here, let me ask you and we'll see what what happens. And I have never had a moment where I've not asked these questions because I've tried them a lot in different situations, even when it's like made me feel awkward at a big table full of people maybe I don't know. And it has opened up so much and created so much opportunity for every single person at the table. And not only that, just fulfillment you leave feeling fulfilled. You're actually going to these things and getting what you came for. And I just saw this huge moment of opportunity for why, like, why wouldn't we do this? Why wouldn't we start that? Little did I know, you know, like, I'm so glad you can't see later on the journey what's coming in the beginning. I did an interview recently and we were just sharing, if you've not wanted to quit your business at some point, Yes. You're still on the honeymoon you, you stage. You're not really doing the business at that point. Right. I feel like there's just so much, you know, hardship, which is like born out of growing mm-hmm. your own business, but also so much fulfillment as well, which I think so is much. so powerful. So I'm hearing that you, you know, decided to create this business because mm-hmm. one, you want it you felt like there was a need for it. You wanted that lighter beverage, that, you know, drink that you could have out and that connection. And I think that's really amazing, you know, to be able to like see that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I wish this existed. But there's a big difference between wishing something existed and having an idea and then going to create the action mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm, I'm kind of like trying to piece how you got from here to here. Yeah. So you're like, oh, I have this idea. But then what did you do? Well, that idea was like a year. <laughs> okay, so, like, like, so were you looking for an idea then? Were yes. you like, oh, I want a new business. What is around me? Or you were like, oh my goodness, this just hit me in the face. Now I've got to do it. Well, I'm, I'm in a place that maybe some of your people are either, maybe they're about to hit it. Maybe they won't hit it for like five years and maybe they'll never hit it, but I think that they will. And it's the place where you start accomplishing in your life. So you start checking off these things that you want to do. And all of a sudden you're going to find, because I know who your women are that listen, Mm -hmm. they're going to find that they check all the boxes. Yeah, they're unapologetically ambitious. I love it. (laughs) So what happened for me was in 2017, after I wrote my book, I did the thing. I went on the, you know... 12 or 15 city tour, I don't remember, but I did the thing. Like I, I had done the things that I had put on my checkbox or like on my, on my to-do list of life. And what I didn't realize is I didn't plan past that book. And I didn't think about like what I really want in the grand scheme and what I want my day-to-day life to Mm -hmm. look like. And I loved writing and I loved speaking, except in my day-to-day life, what that looked like was a lot of alone time, being lonely on the road, going and speaking on stage and then going to my hotel room because I'm exhausted and like not going and socializing after. And 
you're, you're doing a lot of work by yourself. I didn't have a partner. You know, I have my partner, my husband, Chris, but like, he's not, he's doing his own business as well. And so I was finding that I wasn't living a life daily that I loved. I had these like major highlight moments, but if you would look at the grand scheme of like my months leading up to them, I felt kind of isolated and lonely. And it's not because I didn't have a social life, but what I wanted was to be working with someone, like collaborating with someone and not just someone. I wanted to be collaborating with people. Like I wanted my Monday to, I wanted to look on my calendar on Monday and be like, oh, hell yes. Like, I can't wait to like talk to her. I can't wait to go podcast in person with them. I can't wait to, you know, collaborate and create business ideas and, you know, do the hard stuff together. Even, even if it's, you know, cause business is always hard. It just, it just is. There's a lot of hard things about business. Don't you want to do that with someone? Don't you want to go through that with someone? And it makes it actually fun, you know? So when I had that realization, I thought, if I just, if I write another book, if I do more speaking, it just, it wasn't lighting me up. Like I couldn't get that like soul lifted feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, like I couldn't get, I couldn't feel light around any of those ideas. And it just, it wasn't exciting me. I felt terrible that it wasn't exciting me. I'm sure I can relate to people where you're like, oh my God, I like don't even know what I should be doing. And that's when I really started, our friends have this thing, Robin Kim Murgatroyd called Stupid Idea Time. And Chris and I play stupid idea time all the time when we're in a situation like this. Okay, stupid idea time, which means obviously anything goes, right? And you play it to the end. I love that. And I think that's very freeing. More people should do that. If you're not already doing this, this is a great way because it's like, you don't think to the next layers of stuff. It's just about putting the ideas out. Yeah, and it lets you, oh my gosh, I went through so many ideas. I was like, okay, I want to have this place called brunch. And it serves only brunch, but there's like speakers and all these women and you get dressed up. So it's like Kentucky Derby style and you have champagne and networking. And it was going to be, this was right before COVID, right? It was going to be like an actual place. And that was fun because I played with that one for a while. And the more that you play with it, what happens is I could see why I wouldn't like it. I was like, what would my day to day look like in that? What would, you know, what were the tasks that I would need to be doing? How would this look? So that's why stupid idea time is so powerful is it lets you play the idea fully, all the good parts, and then all of the not so good parts also start coming like, yeah, but then there's this and there's that and there's, you know, it's... So wait, do you like write this down? You're like, hey, we're playing stupid idea time. Grab a pen and paper, like write down the big idea, then like... Or do you like several ideas? We do it on walks every day. Oh, walks. Okay. So when we're, and you can do, you know, you can do this with a a friend if you want to go on walks. You can do it on the phone if you're like, hey, let's just meet for a stupid idea time for like an hour once a week. Mm -hmm. And just, it is amazing. We, We start our meetings like that. Like we just, it's the most empowering thing because it does let, it allows everybody to come with like the wildest ideas. And we know that the wildest, craziest ideas, like there's, there's usually one in that pile that you're like, that's not so crazy. Like that makes total sense. Like this would be freaking awesome. So light pink came from not only like this question in my mind of, you know, all these seltzers were emerging and I was trying them. I'm like, these don't taste good to me. And the cans aren't cute enough. (laughs) I just saw room for improvement mixed with, oh my gosh, I've always loved how celebratory champagne is and Mm -hmm. how fun it is to go and look in the aisles. And like, I can just go look at the bottles and I feel, I don't know, I feel fancy or something. I, it like makes you feel a certain way. And I wanted to create, I had never created a product 
And I was very curious. Like I wanted to, I was like, I love, I'm such a consumer. I love buying things that make me feel good or make me feel a certain way. I'm obsessed with branding. I'm like, I love picking it apart and going, why does this make me feel this way? So this has been, and what I was observing was that I was enjoying those things. I was like really enjoying the process of thinking of a product, like looking at who my market would be, like looking at what they want. How do they want to feel? Like what is missing? So I was watching myself go from like two years of feeling very just challenged to muster up energy every day to a place where I was like floating, walking around floating all the time because I was enjoying these like thoughts of what could this look like creating this new product. So when I said kind of like, you know, the, the different intersections of my life, I have always taught people about connecting because mm-hmm. I'm not feeling very connected. So every, all the work that I did was like trying to connect other people, thinking that within that void of me trying to connect them, that I would too somehow in turn feel connected. And I was like, wait, in order for me to feel connected, I actually have to connect daily. So with this business, that's where with light pink, and I had started thinking about it and I liked the idea and concept. I was like, wait a minute what if this was female funded? Like, what if I got to interact with these investors? What if I created a product that was so interesting to them that they were excited to own a part of that then we would also kind of all interact within each other's businesses. And the idea just kept, like, it came in layers. So that's what I want people to know. Like, I truly believe ideas come like, I I always share this. Like, I think it's like Ikea. Like you go to Ikea and you like see the vision of the kitchen or the living room and you're like, yes, that's what I want. But then you go home and it like comes in like pieces and phases and you're like, okay. You put a bit together. Yeah, you're like, and it doesn't, like you put it together wrong. Sometimes you're missing a piece. Totally, absolutely. And sometimes you're missing a piece for a long long time, right? And that's how it comes. It's like one day all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, this was the piece that is like going to either set it apart or change it. So, so many people, I think when they start with an idea, you can get really, it's easy to write yourself off because you're like, "Uh, I don't know. I don't know what would make it different. Or I'm not sure. Oh, that's hard. I don't know about that. Oh my gosh, you guys, it is, it's, it's the easiest thing to do and the hardest thing to do. Meaning it's, it's simple in terms of Google was my best friend. Like I literally learned everything about the beverage industry in the first six months off of Google and even how to formulate and how to do so many things like that. And I think what we need to understand is like, you are the only one who will be gifted with the vision in the beginning. And it's up to you to stay faithful enough to it long enough for it to deliver the rest of the pieces. Let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite educational platforms, Masterclass. I have been referring back to this platform for years and I love that you can simply log in and take inspirational classes from world-class coaches no matter where you are. If you haven't explored Masterclass yet, go to masterclass.com slash boss babe and scroll through some of the categories. I think you'll really love what you see. One of the latest classes I tuned into was Anna Winter's class on creativity and leadership. She takes you into her office as Vogue's editor-in-chief and it was so inspiring to learn about her leadership style, team culture, and how she encourages creativity in her team. Not only does Masterclass have tangible business development classes that you can watch at your desk or listen to on the go, but it also includes classes in 10 other categories ranging from food, home and lifestyle, music, wellness, design and so much more. 
There are over 200 classes to choose from with new classes added every month. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash bossbabe. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash bossbabe, masterclass.com slash bossbabe. The other day, the team and I were talking about how much our audience loves biohacking. And whenever we release content based around creating better habits for our lifestyle and health, you all seem to really soak it up and request more. So I wanted to share about our podcast sponsor, Prolon, today, because I've never seen a company like this. Prolon is a revolutionary plant-based nutrition program that nourishes the body while making cells believe that they're fasting. There are so many strategic benefits to fasting, and Prolon helps you hit these goals without actually needing to fast. Prolon's five-day program includes snacks, soups, and beverages, all designed to keep your body in a fasted state. And you get everything pre-packaged, labeled, and ready to go, so there's no guesswork. It's super simple, and it works. Extended fasting of at least two to three days has proven to produce unique benefits like cellular rejuvenation, metabolic support, and increased cardiovascular health. So if you're ready for a fasting program that doesn't leave you hungry or exhausted and instead gives you more energy, I highly recommend giving Prolon a try. Right now, Prolon is offering Boss Babe podcast listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash boss babe. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash boss babe for this special offer. Prolonlife.com slash boss babe. I love that. That's so true. Like you, you're the one that has a vision and therefore you have to hold that and just know there's lots of action steps behind mm-hmm. that will start coming to play. I think it's a cross between like the vision and the hope and the faith and just like knowing that one way or another, mm-hmm. you're going to go on and create this. So you... Like I said, you formulated this idea, you started, I want to actually get into a couple of these details. I want to come back to the female investors at this point and just dive in a little bit deeper there. So you said about bringing women together and bringing and working alongside. Mm-hmm. I want to understand the power mm. that that has like, created for you in like pink in many ways. Because I've seen that and I feel like not, I've not actually seen someone raise from as many people as you have because mm. I think it's 50, right? 54. Mm-hmm. 54. Natalie and I being two of them mm-hmm. and you've raised some these women but what do you think like what do you think has how has that helped propel the business forward this is interesting so I love podcasting for this reason is because I have met number one so many of my investors on there but also gotten so much incredible aha moments and advice on there so I got the opportunity to talk to a Josh Landon who's the founder of St. Archer which was a beer that went kind of wild just in like California area. So number one, he sold his company without even, I believe going out of California. I believe, I I don't want to, it essentially, yes, we (laughs) we think. And he had told me that some of the best things that he did was like allowed 
those like major true fans to be able to invest. And he said they were like one of the biggest needle movers were the ones who were just not, not the celebrities, Mm -hmm. not the people with big audiences. He said the people who moved the needle the most were like those people so excited about the opportunity. And maybe the people who had, you know, 10,000 fans or 20,000 people, but they were like in their community or in their communities or in the city, like somebody who was influential within maybe this area. And he said those people, they just got so excited that they had something to get behind. And it really got my wheels turning around like, you know, there are so many of these incredible women out in the world who want to be a part of something and are like yearning to learn and be a part of something bigger. And it's an opportunity for us also, like as somebody who has a vision and a dream to be able to like gift that forward in terms of that's a huge opportunity, not only for us to go for it and be supported, but also for them to learn and see what it looks like to be building a company, get kind of like the insider scoop. Because what's going to happen when they learn about that? What's going to happen when these are the conversations that they're having and they're invited in on? That creates opportunity for them. They're going to be talking about things and doing things and thinking that things are possible that they never thought were possible before. And so this was a a huge opening for me for so many reasons to not only invite certain women in who maybe were influential, you know, even in their small communities, but large communities as well, but for all of us to kind of change the tide of the conversation together. And I just want to share, you know, a, a big part of this is my husband had started investing. He got really interested in investing in different companies. So I think at this point we're invested in like 10 different startups. So at the time I started Light Pink, I think we were invested in four. And so I was kind of starting to sit in on these conversations. I used to zone it out, right? Because I'm, I I have the story, I'm bad with numbers. So like I kind of would just sit there and uh uh-huh, uh-huh and be interested, but not really understand it. And I had this realization after I'm listening to my husband and his friends talk about this $300 million exit of a guy I'm sitting next to. And then, you know, this guy over here is talking about wanting to do a billion dollar exit. And I was like, I'm not having these conversations with my girlfriends. Mm -hmm. Like they're not saying anything near these numbers. And we're having conversations of, I don't know if I can sustain this, like I'm successful or yes, maybe, you know, maybe we're lucky enough to do seven figure launches or whatever that looks like through the year. And that's a big goal, right? Like that's a lot of years of work and and we're lucky... Many people are lucky to even get there. We know the percentages are fairly small on that. I think it's totally doable and possible. I mean, like more than anything, but at the same time, I know a lot of my girlfriends were getting burnt out. It was just like, I don't know if I can continue this over and over and over without another opportunity in their head and sight. And so I was sitting at, the, at, at that table going, wow, I wonder if they knew how to do this or sat in on these conversations, if they would be choosing to continue to stay in that cycle, or if they would be starting to think of a different opportunity. And so that is when I just had this moment of like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I think that I could at least start to learn and bring this conversation over here. So I actually started asking those men at the table, and I'm so grateful for them because they 
they held the door open for me. Mm -hmm. They were patient with me. They taught me so much about investing. One of the guys, Bill Glazer, literally was such a mentor for me. He was like on text or speed dial whenever I, I had a question about how to raise money or how to structure something or what do I do in this situation or what if they're doing this or how would I format this like contract or what could this look like? What is even possible? Is this possible? So, you know, it was... it. It was messy. It still is so messy. But I think that's that's what I want people to know is like, I was so afraid. Oh my God. I mean, like every single day I was so afraid, but I was also so excited at this concept of the potential of opening these new opportunities, not only for me, but for everybody who got involved. What were you afraid of? Oh my God. Failing. Losing people's money. That was like my worst nightmare. Are you kidding me? I had to... So I actually had to talk through this with him. I... I called him one day and I was like, okay, so like I, I, you're kind of on autopilot because you're excited about the idea. And I think this can happen to a lot of people, right? You're just like in the vision and you're so excited and you're like, yes, this is happening. And then kind of the reality or weight of you just raised money from people. Like, and so you may not. <laughs> oh. I wonder if this is like, I mean, I don't have them and you don't eat that, but I wonder if this is like the thing when you get pregnant. Like, I'm so excited for trying for a baby. And then when it hits, you're like, oh, oh, oh. I actually, oh. Like, I actually well, so you're telling me a baby's coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just like, like <laughs> oh my gosh. It just like, it kept, it was keep, it started to mm-hmm. keep me up. So it was waking me up at like 2am. I had the worst anxiety of my life. And I was like, wait, I can't. We know that we don't create good things from that place. Correct. So that is not, I will not be able to support the vision unless I'm in abundance. And if I truly feel free, if I feel like good about what, you know, good about the the entire experience of raising money and, and being responsible for that. And so I had a conversation with him. And one of the most beautiful things that he said to me was, he's like, you know, you are creating an opportunity for them. This is a great, op- and you are taking all of the weight and the risk on. He's like, you have to also realize, so of course it's a huge responsibility and you are literally saying, okay, I'm going to take on all of this work and we're going to try to create this into the best thing that you know I possibly can. And when I think of other companies that I've invested into, I'm so grateful that they're doing that and they thought of that. And all I get to do is just be like, okay, this is so much fun. Thank you. And also, I'm so excited to learn. And, and here's the money. And I want to learn along the journey. And you know, you know it's a risk. You know that when you are investing, it is a risk. That's why they say startups are one of the biggest risks that you can invest in is because it doesn't have proof yet of concept out Mm -hmm. in the, in the marketplace. So it's like, for me though, when he said that, he was like, he was like, look, like you can't, you, you can't carry that. And you have to be in this place of pure, like you have to get so aligned with, with knowing that you also provided a massive opportunity for them. And he's like, and they know. And as long as you're being open and honest, he's like, then they know and you can't worry about it. So it was just, I think it was so nice to, this is where it's powerful to have other people is because obviously I didn't feel good overnight on that one. I talked to a few more people and they all said the same thing. And the more that I kept hearing that from people and knew that I had other people going through the same thing, that's what really helped me. This is a theme that I'm hearing a lot throughout this conversation. It's about the power of community. Mm -hmm. So like you say, bringing women together in the sense of getting to know each other and giving them, you know, questions to ask on the back of the cocktail or that other side of it, which is sometimes like when you have like-minded people around you, men or women, Mm -hmm. but you get to share the burden sometimes or you get to share the 
thoughts that are plaguing you and bothering you. And that's something I've had to really learn as well, actually, because, you know, my default from my upbringing, and I had the most wonderful upbringing, but one of my things my parents did was if you were upset, they would send you to your room Mm. and it would be go away when you have Um, come back, when you've calmed down, you've figured out, like, you know, you've, you've sorted out yourself. So there wasn't really like a conversation where you would talk through why you were upset or what was going on. There wasn't that processing out loud. It was all within. Mm. So my default very much through the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey wasn't to reach out to help for anyone. It was like, how can I solve this problem? This is my problem. I have to deal Mm. with it. How can I do that? And I think one of the biggest learnings that I've had on, you know, getting to that next level in my entrepreneurial journey and, you know, understanding is actually being able to ask for help, being able to say, hey, I'm actually struggling with this. Or, hey, I have this really irrational thought or I have this worry because Mm. sometimes I think when you bottle them up, like you say, it doesn't come from a good place. It's Mm -hmm. very hard then to work and function from that place Mm -hmm. and create positive things. And I think sometimes that ability to turn to someone and say, look, I'm really worried about this. This is really keeping me up at night. And then ultimately, like when you share it, you verbalize it with someone, it starts to be easier to deal with. Now it's out your head, it's on paper. It's like, oh, actually, okay, now I am still worried about that, but what do I need to change? What do I need Mm -hmm. to work through? And you know, just as we were kind of start this whole conversation was like, how about action? Like, how do you create more action? For me, I'm like now thinking, actually, I think a lot of the way I create action is by talking it through, Mm. writing it down, and then going from there. Because I think Mm -hmm. one of the biggest struggles that you, or one of the biggest mistakes that people fall into is when they store things in their head. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, I love that you said that because as you said, said that, I think there's so many steps to creating action. And that is a big one for me. I speak it into life and that stupid idea time is how I create action, right? Mm -hmm. Like you start to breathe it into life and okay, well, what would this look like? Okay, well, I don't feel like I could do this. Or like my biggest thing was I can't raise money because I'm not good with numbers. And then you say that out loud and the person who you're with is like, okay, could you hire someone to help you with that? Or, you know, could you learn about X, Y, and Z? And it's speaking it into life and it is processing it. It's writing it down. It's writing down every possible scenario and seeing how you can tackle each thing at a time. Because if you keep it in your head, it all seems too big and too hard and you don't solve the problem because all that you see when it is in your head is the challenges, Mm -hmm. right? So when you talk it out and you're like, okay, well, this would be a challenge. So when you talk it out with someone, especially somebody... Be careful who you talk things out with. True. Definitely talk to... There, oh my goodness. There was a beautiful quote. I just heard it. It's in Will Smith's new book. It's a Confucius quote. And it says, the you'll, essentially, you will never go further than like the, the beliefs of the group of friends that you hang around. Oh, wow. That, um, is, that is so true. It's kind of like the you're the average of the five people yes. you spend the most time with, right? With regards to your wealth. So, and just... That is so, so true. Because when you're around people who, uh, there was another analogy that someone else shared on the podcast, which was kind of like, if you live in America and you've never heard of anywhere outside of the globe, it was Sarah. And she's like, and you go to Japan Mm. uh, or like, and someone mentions about Japan to you and you live in the US, it would sound alien. It would be like, Mm -hmm. sound confusing. Like, you're never going to be, like, that doesn't exist. Don't be silly. Like, you know, that culture doesn't exist because they have no experience Mm -hmm. of it. And I think that's the same thing with business. Like, if you want to grow something and you're not surrounding yourself with entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. 
those people don't understand what it's like to have a vision, to have a hope, to put everything on the line mm-hmm. for a feeling that you're like, I have to do this for. Yes. And you're you're right. Like you're gonna stay in a very similar pattern. Mm-hmm. They, you know, it's it, people mean well, but if they've never had that experience and they don't believe it's true for them, how can they speak life into you to tell you that it's going to be true for you? So it, it's like going to be an impossible thing for them to relay, an impossible thing for them to wrap their brain around because in their mind, it's not possible. So you need to make sure that you're either getting into the rooms or maybe, you know, I know there was a time in my life I wasn't able to get into the room. So I was just listening to podcasts around people who thought it was possible. And that was huge for me. I also think as well, like just to empower people listening is like, you know, you and I, we were not born into those rooms. There mm-hmm. are some people they are born into certain situations, which was allows them to get into those rooms, right? Amazing. And they've, mm-hmm. you know, built a lot of things off of that. But for some people, that's not the case. And just hearing you like starting listening on podcasts. And I would also share, I was in a very similar position, like back in the UK mm-hmm. and no one really around me was an entrepreneur. And I was really seeking out. And I too went online. And that's really why Natalie and I started the society, our membership for mm-hmm. female entrepreneurs. Cause we were like, where does this exist? Mm-hmm. But I think if you seek it, you will find it. And mm-hmm. I think if you say that to yourself, what I seek, I will find, you can be very intentional about finding those communities. And then as you get into them, there's like, you find another community, another one mm-hmm. after that. And like for me, moving to LA has opened up a whole different community. So I just think that's really powerful because I think that's a great point that for those who want to change something in their life, they want to create a business, they want to do more action, get around people that are also doing that. Get around people who do take action. Totally. And the the direct quote came back to me. So it's, the quality of your life will never rise above the quality of your friends. Mm. Oh, I just love it. I'm like, okay, so whose quality of life do I want? (laughs) Yeah. It's always a who, right? It's it's always always a who. who. Mm -hmm. Totally. So, so powerful. Mm. Wow. So with the journey of light pink, I just want to come around to that a little bit because I, I know it's been really, you've been, it's been really difficult. It's been like, I know <laughs> she, she's we've been, had... for you guys who don't know, she's been like a, a sounding board and just some, you, both of you and Natalie, just that I've reached out to and like sent these SOS texts too. So, but you know what? Like, I feel like those vulnerabilities actually makes everyone feel better, mm-hmm. you know, particularly in our circles as well. And we're talking around, you know, creating circles with your with like-minded people but I think I mean for me personally I love I love vulnerability and I love having deep conversations and Mm. I think that's such a really like I love that you do that because Mm. it also opens up the space for other people to do that as well but you know taking on that money taking on you know the 54 women that have invested Mm. tell me some of the challenges that you've had creating a product-based business things that you didn't anticipate because it's very different from your digital world Mm -hmm. previously being an author previously as well product talk to me about that yeah in, in the digital world you're really your only roadblock because you know it's if you can show up and do the work and and send emails and find the people then you can get it done right like you can create content and you can hire someone to film and you can hire someone to put something together with a product you are relying on actual tangible things being somewhere at a certain time. You're relying on things, you know, people being employed in that manufacturing plant. You're relying on a lot of different people and things. I used to always think of this because my dad built homes and he literally like 
he would be delayed by a month in the kitchen because someone hadn't laid the floor or done the certain things yet. So he could not do his job because someone else had not done their work yet. And that's much like what creating a product is like, especially, not especially, let's just say what everybody's dealing with in the COVID world. Like there are things that are like just stopped. Like I have a friend right now whose containers that she uses for her product is stuck out on a ship in the water and they don't know when it's coming in. So she literally has no way to put her product in anything right now wow. that she's trying to solve. So it's it's these things that are just obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. But the thing that is... And when I say obstacle after obstacle, I mean, there was a six-month period where I just... Lit, every day was a gut punch. And I was like, okay, I know what this is like. Like you're, you're going to get 10 gut punches, then you're going to get a win. Except right when I thought a win would come, like it would be followed by 40 more gut punches. Like it was an insane amount of just like... Did you want to give up? Oh, I mean, I was crying a lot. Like that that was kind of the point where I think that it's so funny because I'm, I'm vulnerable, but I'm also really strong too because mm-hmm. I know how to just like personal development yeah. the crap out of myself, which can be a bonus and it can be not good. And because then you're not sharing and processing the way that you should, right? So I had that moment when I was with you guys and we were kind of, we were doing our uh, strategy day yeah. and I was just like in a low spot right around that time and just blurts out of my mouth when we're leaving. I was like, do you guys cry a lot? Like, <laughs> All the time. <laughs> I just randomly, because I had never cried that much ever. No. Like I just, it, I never cried that much. I can usually like buck up and, and work it out. And and I think Natalie was like, all the time. <laughs> I was like, it was probably oh, the moment for me that just actually that day came at like such a pivotal time for me because it just reminded me why I was doing it for, I was doing it all for that moment. Like the collaboration with women, the reminders, the like, we can do anything together. And and it just like breathed life back into me. So this has so many full circle, like just layers into what we're saying right now. Do you now. think that's, because I felt like that's one of the blessings of having other female investors. And I mm-hmm. will say as well, like, you know, there's been this highlight that the lack of funding going to women-owned companies, Mm -hmm. but actually the benefits of investing in women-owned companies, how much more successful they are if they have a woman on the board, et cetera, Mm. or in that C-suite. So I I can see so many benefits from raising from 54 women as well. Have there been any downsides to that Mm. as well? Like would because like some people will just invest in like one or two places. They'll take yeah. funding from one or two places. But you know, choosing to take it from so many people. Yeah, you know, we I kind of like looked at the pros and cons before this because I really wanted to know what I was getting into. So what ended up happening is I had tons of great conversations with people around what are the things that could come up with this and what are the conversations that I should have with them. So thankfully, I feel like I had such open conversations around what this would look like for them to invest. And if there was anyone that I felt was questionable about how they felt about giving the money to me, I would actually not take the money. So I I feel so good about where we are at right now. There hasn't there hasn't really been, I'm trying to think if there's been any negatives. I think if anything, people are really excited. So I, this isn't even a negative, mm-hmm. but it is managing the emotion of people so excited who have not invested in something like this before because it takes a long time, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. you hit a lot of roadblocks. So I can tell you like actually managing their excitement of 
is it out yet? I thought it was out in the summer. What, when is it going to be out? What's going on? Like, yeah. Okay. You know? So I think that's been a moment for me to say, so I translate it as, oh my God, I'm not good enough. They don't think I'm doing a good enough job. And then I go, okay, is that the true story? Or are they just very excited? And is that a lack of my communication on my part? you know, by not managing that before. That is really powerful what you just did there. It was like, okay, what do I need to be responsible for? Mm -hmm. Because I think that's one thing that when managing a team or like you say, taking investment, it's like, okay, when someone comes, there's so much emotion involved a lot of the time, but grounding that before taking it on, being Mm -hmm. like, okay, what? oh my goodness, does this mean this for me? Versus like, okay, they feel that way. Like, what can I... Like, that's not my emotion. How can I meet to that, you know, facts or, you know, not necessarily emotion coming at emotion, mm-hmm. but how can you ground that and be like, okay, what, how can I reset expectations? How can I do X, Y, and Z? And I just think that's really powerful when growing a business because I think oh, there's, there's two components to it. Is that emotional, which is, is kind of what you start it out mm-hmm. of emotion in a way because it's like hope, like that is an emotion. It's not like if you were physically looking at things, you're like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. you have to have that drive for it. And I think also that drive then when things are tough can keep you going, but also when people ask you like questions or that, it can go straight to the heart. Like, oh my mm-hmm. God, I'm not done enough yet. Oh, like I'm not on the timeline that I said I was going to be because guess what? We didn't anticipate this totally. corner, this roadblock, whatever. Yeah, I, I got really good advice from a lot of people who had done this before who were like, if you, you know, the best way to like manage your team, manage your investors is to over communicate and just right away, if something is happening, like just send that out or needs things that maybe didn't go well, different things like that. So I'm like, okay, over communicate. So a lot of times with, you know, investor emails, some people only send two. I think I'm going to be sending like four, maybe five. I really communicate with my investors a lot, like almost to the point where I'm like, "Eh, am I bugging you? But at the same time, that was something that I talked about when they invested was this is a strategic investor that I want. So Mm -hmm. meaning, you know, the both of you, different women who come in, I want you to be a part of this, like an active part of it. And also because we know it's like the perfect beverage for our community. Yes, our community needs this. They need the the questions on the back Mm -hmm. of the can and they need this like, by the way, it's literally amazing. That's how we were sold because we tasted it. We're like, (laughs) how do we get it on this, Lori? (laughs) No, but I'm so grateful for you, Lori, because, you know, I think there's the, I think women do business differently. And I think women get to do business from a place of their truth, Mm. from a place of their vulnerability, which actually ultimately makes them stronger. Mm -hmm. And I think the more women like you and I who share the journey being like, hey, it's not easy. It's not perfect. But damn, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. You know? So worth it. It's like allows people to know what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. And it allows people to juggle that emotions when the time is right for them mm-hmm. and gives them like, oh, like actually, do you know what? If they can do it, so can I, because they've mm-hmm. had those struggles too. And I just think that's really powerful. For me, that's always the hope with the podcast and my giving the behind the scenes is, you know, people are excited and inspired to start something, but they're also empowered to know what it takes and Mm -hmm. be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to get into this. And also I know it's not going to be plain sailing all the time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I I know that we were talking back and forth. We kind of voice noted about this podcast before. And I had told you that quote from my mentor that I'm obsessed with that I just want to share because I think it's so important for people to hear because I think that we limit ourselves in what we think we're capable of doing and we put a timeline on ourselves. So Kim Perel says... 
sometimes you don't know what your next step is because your next step is not a step, it's a jump. And that's what this was for me is I couldn't see what my next step was right away because my next step wasn't a step. It was a giant freaking leap into the next like level of myself. In fact, it felt like the next 10 levels and like I just decided to jump over them and that felt crazy to me. But at the same time, I noticed how my mind was trying to put steps in between it. First, I need to do this, or maybe I should do this, or I need this network, or I've never raised money. Maybe I should go meet all these people first for a year or learn about it. Maybe I should do more of this. And it was like, no, you should probably just go and start Googling how to formulate this and see what that would look like. <laughs> and, and I just want to remind people, if you think there has to be a million things that come first, there does not at all. Like Sarah Blakely did not have a million different things that came before she cut the legs off of her pantyhose. Yeah. She just saw a need and got excited and did it. And now she sold it for like, what, what something billion? How many yeah. billion? Same with Jamie Kanlima, who mm-hmm. has a podcast as well, you know, but she founded It Cosmetics, same thing. She didn't come from that business background. She saw a need and was like, okay, I'm going to figure this out on the way and sold mm-hmm. it to L'Oreal for $1.2 billion. Yep. It will show up. I believe that if you know it is an idea for you, that the things that you need will show up if you seek them. So exactly what you were saying. If you are in seeking mode of what you need for that, all of a sudden the craziest thing will happen if you put it out to the universe that yes, you're going to like, you're like, okay, this feels insane, but I'm going to start, I'm going to start to take steps, start taking action on this. I guarantee within one week, you will at least get one piece of your puzzle that will come to you and you'll be like, does that mean I really have to do this then? And it does. Yeah. And don't be afraid to mention the idea to people because oh, if speak you it into life. Yeah, speak it into life because mm-hmm. it's those, oh, you mentioned to someone else, like, oh, I've actually got someone who could help you with this. It's those types of things. Exactly. That I just think are so, so powerful. Well, Lori, thank you so much for coming on the Boss Bay podcast. And like I said, opening up so much. I know people are going to be inspired to, you know, take action on maybe a thought that they've had, mm-hmm. a business idea that they've had for some time. And, you know, thank you for just you know, allow, like creating a company that is going to be so incredible and stands for such an amazing mission. That's personally what I'm really excited Mm. about as well. So thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I just have to tell you that you are like, you're in my ear. I listen to this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so inspired. And just to be able to, you know, be on this journey with you and with the both of you is like, it's, it truly has, has been the thing that's like kept me on the path over and over. So I'm super grateful. Bless you. Well, <laughs> listen, let's put some links for Light Pink in as well. I know we just did the holiday gift guide yes. at Christmas, but have you got any other goodies that are coming out ahead of that? Well, we have lightpink.com, which you can go and get the product. So there's so many fun things there that you can look at. We're also going to have some different op- opportunities and options for the membership site as well. If you want to Amazing. make sure that you're getting Light Pink monthly with some goodies. So go to lightpink.com. It tastes insane. It really guys. does. So good. It's addictive. Like even my husband is addicted. I'm serious. <laughs> no, I put it in a champagne glass. I'm like, <laughs> feels bougie. I love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Laurie. And for those of you who are watching on our YouTube, channel we're just going to link another amazing episode um, that we did which we think you're gonna love thanks guys if you enjoyed this episode we would love it if you subscribed and left us a review let us know what you enjoyed what your main takeaways were and who you'd like to see appear on the show as a special thanks we'll send you a copy of our boss babe 25 
Now this is an awesome resource. It's the 25 essential things that you need for personal and professional growth. We've included everything from must-have products to books to rituals. This guide literally covers it all and I know you're going to love it. So if you want your copy, simply leave us a review and then send a screenshot of your review to podcast at bossbabe.com.